It's it's a a, a grassy gymnast. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome. I'm Steve. And I'm Al. And I'm Brett. And I'm Kieski. And this is Full Tools, a podcast for the misdirecting ugler. How are you? What's everyone up to? Kiel, seeing as you're our guest, why don't you just tell everyone who you are, what you've been up to, what you do, and why we all love you. Oh, uh, well, I, I, <laughs> I guess I'm, I'm, um, I'm also a maker. Uh, I, I started... Um, trying to connect the European maker scene um, a few years back. Um, and yeah, I, I ever since uh, fell in love with the community and uh, I continue to try and connect people even more. Um, nice. That's a, that's a really nice way of putting it because I, I think like my first real interaction with you was at the first Maker Central. Um, like for like, I suppose that was the first time I met you in person, so that makes sense. Yeah. But but ever since then, you've just any event, anything that's going on, you're always the the kind of the central pillar, the one that's going around making sure that everything's working, everyone's there, everyone knows what's happening. You're um and obviously with the the makers magnet thing that we talked about of that, like that's your project. Um, so yeah, I, I think you're underselling yourself a little bit there. Well, it's it's funny because I, I seem to be very successful in, in making people think I'm uh, <laughs> I'm the, the the central point in that. But um, actually, I, I do think that that is it, it's funny, right? Because if you connect people, you cannot do that alone. There's at yeah. least the people that you connect, and then there's a ton of people that take part in it. I guess, um, yeah, yeah. And also the, the Maker's Magnet is a great example. That, that is nothing I did alone. Uh, it's, um, it's with somebody. Um, and yeah, we maybe talk about him later. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Uh, all right. So what have you been up to uh, of late? What's, what's been going on? I know you, were, uh, you had the forge lit up on Friday. Yes. And that turned out to be not a particularly good idea because yesterday <laughs> um so friday i tried something new which is crazy hard of course and i'm not in practice so it's even harder and then i took forever and my uh my f lower arms were already sore from friday when on saturday there was a little festivity at the district uh thing on the outside and there were kids and I was like, maybe I should light a forge and forge and make some kids' eyes glow. Yeah. And then I just exactly did that and had another three hours session of forging, which was <laughs> great and all, but now I can't really use my right hand. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Good stuff, man. Uh cool. What about you two? Uh Brett, you're unmuted. What have you been up to? <laughs> I get to go because I'm not muted. Um what have we been up to, Steve? I listened to your podcast, that other uh, one that, that yeah. you did, and it was brilliant. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, I didn't realize that you guys, um, starting it out, talking so much about the coronavirus and the uh, the yeah. state of things was kind of funny just to hear uh, the differences between upstate New York and England. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, beyond that, um, we've been doing 
a little bit more like cleaning and organizing around the maker ranch stuff just because uh ben is not very far off from starting the permitting process on the property that he's actually going to build yeah um so we got some storage units uh <clears throat> turns out there weren't any available very close so we have to drive quite a ways just to drop stuff off but that thins out the space here and just helps us collect uh, kind of overflow so that we can redistribute once that property gets going. Um, as far as the assessor assessment thing on my cabin property, I yeah. know, like I really, I, I even said it last episode, I was like, oh, I wanted to be able to tell you guys that things are moving along. Well, it took me calling the county on Wednesday or Thursday and finally going, yeah. hey, this guy told me he was going to contact me, you know, as late as two weeks and it's been almost four. What's the deal? And I went through a conversation with the very nice young lady who was like, yes, that is not OK. I will make <laughs> sure he gets in contact with you. So I got a phone call on Friday from him and he apologized a bunch. Uh, there was definitely this like, I understand you're busy, but I Please yeah. don't screw me over in this. Like, that's that's not very cool. Well, I got all these other properties. Yeah, I know you do, but it's your job to yeah. do that. So uh, anyway, yeah, like working on that, uh, I went to, I, I did a little bit of, uh, I had a little bit of an adventure day the other day. Um, I didn't post any photos or stories about it, but I went to the closest farrier supply, which is the first one I've been to outside of uh, upstate New York. Yeah. And it is a beautiful old place. And the owner happens to be. You, did you meet Butch, the, the fair supply owner? Did we take you out there, Steve? Uh, yeah. Chris uh, took me down there um, and briefly got to meet him. He's, a, he's, a, he's an interesting guy. Yeah. Well, it turns out, I guess all farrier supply owners must be cut from the same cloth because <laughs> it just felt like I was talking to him again, which uh, just for a little context that anybody doesn't. Anybody that doesn't know, uh, I wouldn't even say soft spoken, just like short and what do you want and very directed conversation. Yeah. Nice guy wanted to help me out and find the things that I was looking for, but it kind of seemed like I was putting him out the entire time. <laughs> I was like, I yeah. saw you had a Buffalo hand crank blower. Are you selling it? Are you interested? Well, maybe. What do you, <laughs> I mean, what would you, what would you offer? Yeah, <laughs> I feel like you should tell me because I'm a complete stranger and I don't want to, yeah. you know, insult it's you by me. underselling it. Uh, but I got uh, Coke. They actually provide Coke from there and not just nice. regular blacksmithing coal, which I was super excited about. And I bought three bags for the same price. It cost me to get one bag delivered two months ago. Nice. <laughs> because shipping cost was a nightmare. So I go, how much are the Coke bags? And he was just like 20 five bucks a piece and i was like wow nice i paid 80 dollars for one bag to get delivered last time fucking hell. i don't know i thought it was the right idea i'm a <laughs> fucking idiot whatever uh and then got uh the chance to roam around to a couple of the antique stores that were open or the little flea market stores and got a coal bucket and then a slightly bigger coal bucket that i can store more coal, More coal. <laughs> and i think the real prize of the day which i still have to uh test out is I was, I was rummaging around through this one uh booth inside one of the antique places and i saw a load of chain 
it's it's not huge and it's not like the Chris Cash level, you know, rot <laughs> chain, but I do believe it's rot iron and it's probably I don't know, 20 kilos of nice. what looks like rot iron. So I'll do like an acid test on it to see if any of the grain pops, but it looks to be hand forged and old as shit. And no, the I... chain links are extremely wonky. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's really, really silly looking. Um, but I am excited because that's, I don't have any other wrought iron right now because it, it's quite hard to find out here. So I'm excited to play around with that. And I got a few projects here in the near future that, um, yeah, I think they're going to be some kind of experimental forgings and, and trial. You've got to, you've got to keep a couple of links just out of respect. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is 100% handmade. That is for sure. Yeah. Whether or not it is rot, uh, yet to be seen. But Steve, I'll send you a picture because you might even be able yeah. to just know offhand if it is. <laughs> you can't I didn't want to through a picture. <laughs> well, I, I didn't want to uh, give Chris the time of day by showing him my treasure. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it to myself. That's that's understandable. Uh, but it's it's really just been a lot of like, uh, clean up logistics, the typical thing I talk about where this week has just been dedicated to getting things back in order, which yeah. is always nice. So. Nice. Uh, Al, what about you? What about what? what, are we, what, about, what, about, what about? I finished the table. Yay! Did you get it? Have you delivered it then? Not yet. Next week. Ah, okay. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. So I say I finished it. I've still got to build like a <laughs> yeah. rig to then fucking get it into the van. And then <laughs> you got to you got to build a crane. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm hoping the van has somehow got some sort of something I can hang a crane off in the. As I say, yeah, you just need a roof. high arm. Yeah. Um. Fucking hell. But yeah, I, I, like I'm working backwards from the install as well. So what I need to take down, so I need to build like a frame for it, so I can because it's on gravel. So I need to be able to place it down without fucking up the top. Flip it over, blah, blah, blah. Go on. I know what you need to deliver it now. Uh, one of the, the flatbed lorries that um, scaffolders use because they're fucking stupidly long because they put scaffold pipe poles on it. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. They, yeah they're keep open, making though, suggestions. Yeah. Keep making <laughs> suggestions. I think <laughs> the, the Facebook fucking uh, <laughs> feed wasn't long enough for suggestions. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you should, get a, you should get a yacht, mate, and uh, deliver it on the yacht. You should get a plane. You should get, like, a, a Chinook and just chopper it in. <laughs> Because then you don't have to worry about it. Um, <laughs> yes, so it's it's finished. Um, all the laborious, fucking hard woodworking shit and endless, um, massive mortars and tenons. It. I feel like I'm working in like a medieval like castle <laughs> or something, like building because it's all like these big oversized joinery. It's really fun, but um, it's fucking exhausting. Yeah. Um, so but you done- made these. These connections really tight. They look really good. It's yeah. It's I mean, it's I've got enough play in them so I can move it around and you know when it when it settles and stuff. You know, it's not like precise because I think although that would be lovely for like a small piece of furniture where yeah. everything's like super neat um, and like fine woodworking. This is so big and it's going to move so much yeah. that there's absolutely no point any of the joints being like airtight. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, yeah, it's by good. the time by the time it's actually sat in place, oh, dude, it's it, not it, really it, going to move. It's going fucking nowhere. Yeah, like okay. it, <laughs> like I, I just put the 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 stretcher along the bottom, mm-hmm. which is like eight by four, yeah, and four meters long, 
And it's like the second that went in, it's like this is, <laughs> this is not. It wouldn't even like squeak. It didn't even move a bit. So yeah, yeah, I'm not worried about. I mean, you could potentially not even glue any of the joints because it's just locked in and yeah. weighs like well over a ton. Um, but yeah, it's done. So I just need to work out how to like wrap it all up nicely in blankets and and protect it and and get it down there. So, uh, a question I ha- I've only just thought of actually with uh, with this table is it? Did you say it's living outside mm. or okay, cool? Yeah, I was gonna say, how the fuck are you gonna get that like in a house and upstairs and? Shit? Well, I had to get the stretch. I- I've had to build the base in my living room because the top is in the shack. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and is the size of the shack. Um, you know, but like the logistics of getting that stretcher. This four meter stretcher into my house was a fucking nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> like, I had to move like all the furniture in my living room just to get this beam in through the door. Um, and now it's taken up the whole living room, which is also fun. I climbing <laughs> over it. Um, but yeah, I'm fucking well chuffed with it. It was a labor of love um, and yeah. I'm exhausted. And I've lost about a stone <laughs> just through like, like genuinely like hand playing in and yeah. sawing stuff. It's just like proper, proper hard work. Obviously, nice. this is just normal shit that people would put through like a radial arm saw or yeah. like a, a, a surface planer or a jointer. It's like, I don't have any of those things. Yeah. It's like all by hand. <laughs> and it's all like uh, rip cuts as well. It's like fuck, through oak. Like, fuck. Yeah, off. fuck that. Um, I learned my lesson when I did that sign for Izzy and that was like that big. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was hard enough. Oh, yeah, that's me. I love it. Cool. Uh, yeah, that sounds like a fucking beast of a week. Um, Steve, I th- thank you. I just tell us. Just tell us about Murphy and the swimming. Yeah, went to the, the beach with Murphy. It was fucking great. First time we've been to the beach uh, since. I think I'm pretty sure it's this year because um, with lockdown and everything, we just haven't. It, it was a case of like we were so tightly locked down, especially with Jazz being. Um, as high risk as she is. Um, and uh, yeah, so we were really, really tightly locked down. And then when the weather started getting good, everyone just went, oh, I'm going to go to the beach now and just descended on the Southwest and it just wasn't worth it. Um, so now that the weather's kind of turned again and it's a little bit cooler, uh, yeah, we we're able to get up early, go down the beach in the morning and Murphy got to swim around. He's loving it. Um, which is good. So we did that. Well, it was nice to see you took both of your pets because I saw Joe in the background. Yeah, yes. Joe doing his best uh, Peter Andre impression. Um, yeah, it was it was really good fun. I uh, I didn't get in the water this time, but I hopefully will next time, maybe. Um, and I will get the soundtrack going and I'll make sure we video the whole like flicking the hair back <laughs> thing and, and all of that. Um, but yeah, uh, work... Workshop wise, it has been uh, it's been a bit of a weird week. Um, we're we're trying to finish up a load of orders. Um, we obviously we had the new guy in this week as well. Um, we're trying to finish up a load of orders, um, and it was a lot of like dribs and drabs and little bits here and there. Um, so like uh, like there was half a dozen pads that needed assembling, and then like two skillets, and um, and then a load more pan bases came in, so they had to be sorted out, and there was like a couple bits of this copper thing and a couple bits of that copper thing. And then, oh, well, actually we've got six handles, but only, or seven bits of copper and only six handles sort, sort of thing. So it's a lot of like 
just getting enough done to get these orders finished and, and out um, so we can start going back onto like normal stock um, production next week. But that was doing that at the same time as trying to do some more organizational sort of stuff. So building a few more trolleys for in the workshop and um, and little bits just to improve productivity, um, which because we've we have kind of got to the point now where um, the the biggest thing holding us back is organization and um, uh, uh, fucking what's the word efficiencies um, and just not not being efficient. Um, so I've taken uh, a leaf out of um, IT Steve's book um, and I've just started doing a load of organizational stuff. Um, I've introduced Al and Joe to Trello, which uh, is it's like a Kanban board. It's a uh, Trello. Yeah. For, for non uh, geeky it's, people. It, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's pretty it's much like, you make lanes and then you have post-its and you can move them yeah. from the left to the right. And the right is typically completion and the left is start. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you can put in like if stuff's blocked, who's working on it, where it's going and all that. It's it's it's, it's essentially a digital whiteboard for keeping track of projects and things. Um, and uh, and as much as uh, there's this attitude with, uh, with a lot of people that blacksmiths are very kind of stuck in the past and all this, it was really nice to kind of subvert those expectations and introduce a little bit of 21st century technology into what we were doing and also uh prove to al that i'm not just an idiot that hits bits of steel i'm able to think outside the box as well um Mm. and and yeah so doing this has meant that we're able to keep track of things a lot better um and that's going forwards that's a little bit more of what i'm going to be doing is helping out keeping keeping things ticking over and making sure that uh the right things are getting worked on at the right time and little things like making sure we're not running out of toilet paper and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. Cause it's, it's just one of those things that everyone just kind of goes like, ah, oh, shit. Yeah. I forgot about that. But they only think about it when they go into the toilet and not when they leave and lots of like workshop sundries and stuff are just not getting ordered until they're needed. Um, and it can't imagine the fits you guys have when you run out of time. <sighs> Ah, oh, don't even get me started. The work just stops. Um, but yeah, so yeah, just kind of lots of organizational stuffs. Um, but yeah, so we were, because I, I, I kind of hinted at it a little bit there. Um, and none of you could see Brett's uh, expression when I when I did it, so you wouldn't know. <laughs> uh, but uh, we're going to talk a little bit about subverting expectations. So so for me, it's, it's a lot of... Um, <laughs> But not the, like the Last Jedi. No, no, no. Subverting expectations in a good way. Um, so, like uh, when when we go to shows now, I get um, obviously not this year, but normally um, I'd always get like, oh, so you know, where, how did you get into blacksmithing? And starting off by saying, well, I used to work in IT, and <laughs> and that that link from one to the other, and it, it, I've I've always enjoyed being able to have multiple facets to uh to my personality and, and my life that don't always necessarily gel particularly well together um so i've always quite liked subverting that expectation um but 
beyond that, like in the maker community, it's something that you see um, pretty often. And it's always in a really interesting way. Like there's always this new take or this new twist on a, on a project, whether it's, um, I'm trying to think of a, an example, like the, the, the first one that comes to head, cause we were talking about it earlier on is um, Al's coffee table that makes coffee. Like it's, you don't expect a, a simple coffee table to be able to press a button and the thing pops out and it it starts pouring you a nice coffee and and things along those sorts of lines. So I didn't know if you guys have any kind of ideas that you wanted to riff off on that sort of thing. I mean, there's subverting expectations and then, then there's 20 minute long puns. <laughs> <laughs> Not necessarily the same thing. Well, yeah. Um, no, but I... I you bring up that project, but it is it is something that kind of I I strive to do because it's it's almost like a, a get out of jail free card for me um, because it's my making uh, career or whatever you want to call it um, experience adventure um, is never about perfecting anything. <clears throat> it's never about being amazing at anything or showing something to someone and them going, oh my God, wow, that's amazing. What it's about is the unexpected. Yeah. You know, I don't label my videos, oh my God, check out this amazing table that makes coffee. You won't believe the t- the coffee machine built inside. <laughs> and because coffee table. You, you, you're giving it away before <laughs> you've even watched it. So, so everybody's expectations were already set. Oh, I'm going to watch a, a video about a, a, a table with a built-in coffee machine. Yeah. So everybody is already relaxed. Everybody is already knowing what they're going to see. And we're just going through the motions. Mm. So I, I make a consci- conscientious decision to like not give anything away. Yeah. To the point where sometimes, you know, the thumbnail is irrelevant or abstract. The title is just some hidden reference that you'll only get halfway through yeah. <laughs> the story. <laughs> um, it's like the Peter Griffin moment where he's like waiting for them to say the name of the film in the film. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, this presents a clear and present danger. Says, oh my God, he said the name of the film. <laughs> um, but for me, it's a huge thing because it, 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 it injects excitement and it injects purpose and meaning. Yeah. Otherwise you're just going through the motions. And yeah, I mean, you could watch a million fucking videos about somebody cutting down wood and putting it, making it into a table. Yeah. But it's the unknown that makes it interesting for me. And I was going to say, because that's, that's almost your, in a weird way, that's kind of your selling point is mm. the fact that it is the unexpected. So that you're, you're almost uh, satisfying expectations by subverting expectations because that's kind of your, your but that in itself, shit. that in itself is a catch 22 because yeah. it, 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 if you become M. Night Shyamalan, man, man, man and every film people are just going to the film to wait for the twist at the end yeah it ain't a twist at the end yeah like the beauty of the sixth sense is you didn't know there was going to be a twist at the end (laughs) apart from you did because it's fucking obvious and someone on frank skinner live ruined it um but (laughs) then from then on every single one of his films apart from being shit (laughs) <laughs> was was just waiting for happening. Was just waiting for the twist at the end. Yeah, and and therefore it's not subverting expectations anymore. That is the expectation. So you've yeah. got to be careful with that shit. You can't just 
oh, waiting for the twist. Yeah. You know, I'd, I'd rather it be, be totally unexpected, whether it's from the start, the beginning, you know, the whole thing. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah. That's it, actually why I love lo watching your videos. I, I, I'm expecting to be messed with. Yeah. Right? And that's, yeah, I yeah, really yeah. like that. <laughs> No, I mean that that is that that is a lot of the feedback that I get as well. So I got um so Keith Brown, Rag and Bone Brown, um he did like a shout out for my channel on his latest video, just like a vlog every week. Uh, and I got a load of like people coming to my videos and commenting and saying, Oh, Keith sent me here and you yeah, know, I, I checked it out. Oh, I love you, love you stuff. Um and I just got around to watching Keith's video. Um and in even in his video, he didn't tell you what I was making. Yeah. Because obviously he he understood like the value in that. And he was like, yeah. um, I just gotta recommend this channel. I can't tell you what he does. <laughs> <laughs> so like of all the people that must have seen that recommendation and gone, Well, I don't I'm not gonna go and watch that because he's not but the whole point was that he, he knew that giving it away at the start would be pointless. Yeah. And it was the uh, the, the stupid bed Mac. Oh, machine yeah, yeah. thing yeah. and he's like i can't explain it so you just gotta go and watch it <laughs> <laughs> and that i love and and yeah it is absolutely like my usp but um yeah, yeah i think you've got to be careful with that because then yeah. that is what people expect all the time yeah i i think that without meaning to blow smoke up your ass and I'll, I'll move away from talking about you in a minute but one of the the great things about the way that you do it though is the fact that it's it's not it doesn't fit a formula it's not ah hmm. oh, i know in you know the the third act i was going to reveal <laughs> the twist and it's going to be hilarious it it could come at any time it could be from fucking anywhere and there's nothing to say that there's going to be a twist let alone that there's not going to be several and and that's that's what i really like and again like again going into the the making community i love the fact that there's um there is Obviously, there are people that do a lot of woodworking. There's people that do, you know, their whole shtick is hand tool woodworking or uh, forged everything or all electronics. But by and large, there are a lot of people that mix and match those all the time. And it's really nice being able to watch a video and not know uh, what techniques they're going to use to do it. Like, I, I find a lot of um, a lot of people that are doing the same thing every Every single time they put a video out, I find that quite boring because there's no excitement there. And I, if I'm watching a video for entertainment value, so if I'm watching, um, like if I like Laura for example, if I'm watching, I watch her videos pretty much every week because as soon as they come out, I'm like, oh, this is going to be good. This is going to be interesting because nine out of ten, I don't know. I might know what the end product or the, what the end result is, but I don't know what materials she's going to use, what uh, what techniques she's going to use, or whatever. But someone like um, uh, the hand tool woodworker guy, whose name I can't remember, James Wright, Wood by Wright. Mm, yes. If there is a specific thing that I want to know about about hand tool woodworking, he's generally like the first person I'm going to go to because. Or how to rig up a crane to lift an immensely heavy uh, tabletop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like he—he's going to be that person that I'm going to go to for that thing. But I don't watch his videos every week because I know that it's going to be about the, the a different aspect of woodworking rather than it being a surprise and entertaining. And and I, again, like with the, the idea of the community 
um, which is, I know, one of our favorite words. But I love the fact that just because someone is uh, a woodworker or someone is a blacksmith or someone is whatever, that you you can't assume anything else about their personality from that single aspect. But it's that single aspect that brings us all together. So, for example, Kel, um, I know that me and him have had some really good conversations about blacksmithing and you know how how can he do this or how can I do this or whatever. But then it's fed back in in a great way because I'll uh, you know we, we we can talk about technology. We can we've we've been working on I say we've been working on Kiel's been working on um, a, a a bit of programming to be able to auto up, upload uh, the schools of full stuff to YouTube. Mm-hmm. And what's great is being able to have that two way conversation about two things that are so vastly different but we both have this connection with it like kiel happens to be better at the program side of it i happen to have more experience with the blacksmithing side of it so we're able to um to connect on these two uh unconnected things and share information that way and i think that's that's kind of a beautiful part of of this community and what makes it all tick yeah i i think with respect to um al's videos um the the um the the most interesting part about it for me is that it's not the 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 misdirection makes it not being a tutorial or um the 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 twist in the videos make it more entertaining and and worth a watch not only seeing you build something but there's always something on top there's a story behind it or there's a there's a nice visual thing in it or i don't know if, if i if i would have watched the first 20 search results on building a coffee table and yours would come up. I, I guess in a year from now, I would probably maybe remember one others than yours, but yours for sure. Right. And that's the thing that gives us, that makes me um, so inclined to say, Hey, these are great. These are not only cool or aha, uh-huh, that's how you yeah. did it. I, th- I think, I mean, yeah, the, the 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 entertainment factor for 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 subverting expectations is is great, and it's something that I really enjoy. You know, the, I remember the first time I watched um, from Dust Till Dawn, and I had absolutely no idea yes. what that film was about. And this was, you know, this was before fucking endless trailers and internet and yeah. movie reviews and all this shit. Um, and I just sat down and watched the film. I was like, oh, this is a cool like kind of Rodriguez Tarantino-esque film and, and it's got it's cool gangsters and stuff. And then all of a sudden I was like, holy fuck. Yeah. Like <laughs> halfway through the film, it just went <laughs> off the rails. Yeah. And then you realize what it's about. And then, oh, that's why it's called from Dust Till Dawn. <laughs> um, and that, that moment has always struck me and it's always been this entertaining thing. But I think just, just hearing what you were saying then, Kel, I think there's another side to it as well. I think there's an educational side to it. So I think if if society is just stuck in a, a kind of a routine and we're just we're just expecting the same thing every time, we're expecting to see something, we think we know the answer, we're watching something is like an echo chamber, like, oh yeah, I knew he was gonna do that, and then that's what that's what I'd do also. Or maybe yeah. I'd just do it slightly differently. Here's my thoughts. Um yeah. we're, we're not really gonna learn anything. And I think it's only when you are out of your comfort zone and start to think differently, then that's when 
there's an opportunity for you to, you, to rethink things and go, oh, fuck, I've never yeah. seen it that way. And just... Well, that's when it becomes exciting because exactly. it's like, oh, shit, I'd never thought of that. That's really fucking cool. Oh, I wonder if I can do that to this thing. And but it, that's, it... Always, that's always been the way that I've absorbed knowledge as a kid as well with teachers. Yeah. It was never the sat in the fucking classroom, somebody writing something on a board, repeating it, me writing it down in my book and memorizing it until there's an exam a year later. Like for me, there's, really? there's, that, there's no... That really surprises me. Well, but every child is expected to learn that way and it's archaic and it yeah. doesn't work. Whereas the guy that comes in completely fucking throws that out the window, teaches you something different, teaches you something you weren't expecting to even learn in that lesson. You know, yeah. something off subject, off topic that, you know, to Brett's like classic, it's about finding some, finding a way to relate to something, you know, any subject yeah. can be boiled down if you can find the right way to relate. Um, that's when you learn something, that's when it has an impact. So Brett, and, yeah. and you've always said that this is how learning is interesting and learning is um, relevant, but like hearing Kiel about teaching people like for me that's when expectations need to change like <clears throat> my mum's a teacher yeah. my dad's a teacher and ironically they never taught me anything i just kind of <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I kind of brought myself up which would surprise very few of you um <laughs> but the one thing my mum has always said to me that always resonated with me <clears throat> is that kids don't know the answer to anything yeah so kids don't go in a room thinking that they know the answer Whereas adults do, yeah. we'll we'll walk yeah. in a room and go. Oh, I already know. I know where that's there. I know what's going to happen. I've been to this seminar, blah blah blah, because we're we're stuck in our ways. But kids don't know the answer, and that surprise is like is childlike. So that constant yeah. like that is not what I was expecting. Is the naivety and is the 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 thing that like is youthful and will help us yeah. learn. So it this is kind of vaguely related but i um earlier in the week one of the guys i used to work to work with uh up in bristol um had come down he had a day off and he just wanted to come down and say hi turns out he'd been having a shit time and just wanted to see a friend and, and talk um so we had this uh this conversation i was and i was talking to joe about the fact that i very nearly transferred teams and ended up in um in this other guy's team working under him and part of the reason was is because i when i took that job on i knew enough about how computers and how computer systems worked that i was able to kind of get by but i was unsure enough that i didn't mind asking stupid questions and that's always been like whenever any job that i've worked in i've always been happy to say well that doesn't make any sense to me why why are we doing it that, that way why do you do it this way why do you do this why why are you deciding that actually we're going to turn this thing off when we could just go around it by doing this other thing and i think that's something that gets missed quite a lot is that like you say that naivety um is is a really really valuable tool and i think it's much undervalued and people are far too keen to kind of to say, oh, I, I know everything, and yes, I agree with you, because what you've said kind of makes sense, so I'll say yes, so I don't look stupid, rather than saying, I don't care if I look stupid, I want to know why. Yeah, that's. I think that's such an important point that got me pretty much through my um, studies time. <laughs> I, I never had the fear to ask, why the heck is that? I don't get why that is, and 
so I'm going to be the dumb guy in the room and ask yeah. the question. And that normally led me first off to actually listen to the answer and, and yeah. internalize it. And yeah, it's just better to ask and, and yeah, try to figure out why things are if you don't understand. Yeah, definitely. Brett? Well, what is it? Uh, ologies, Steve, right? Ali Ward always says, like, ask smart people dumb questions. Yeah. Which I think is a really, it, it's a nice little naive way of, of, or not naive, but adolescent way of looking at it, right? It's just like, they're smart. I am dumb. Uh, educate me. Yeah. But since we're on this uh, line of reasoning, I know I brought it up a while ago, but there is something there's something very upsetting about how things are are treated when you question things, especially in front of a group. Um, and you guys, not even thinking about it, you guys have both kind of said it or, or jokingly um, thrown it away as a comment. But very often, um, being this, like you guys have said, the, the dumb person in the room, like that's so self-deprecating or, you know, it doesn't need to be that way. Like you just don't know. You're not dumb. Yeah. But for lack of a better terminology, you're not dumb. You just don't know the answer to that thing. It would be me walking into the offices at NASA and going, I don't know how rockets work in whatever capacity. It is not because I am stupid. It is because I have zero knowledge. And and I don't like that. This is what I'm getting at. But I don't like that most people, including myself, uh, a lot in the past, will withhold asking questions because it's seen as a sign of weakness. Or if you if you step up to be the dumb person in the room to ask the question, nine times out of ten, there will be 50 people if you're in a huge room that will come up to you afterwards and go, oh, yeah. God, thank you for asking. I didn't want to ask yeah. because then why not? Yeah. Something has developed in... I know it's in the maker world where like you don't you don't want to come across like you don't know anything about woodworking when you're at a woodworking show because then everyone's going to point their finger and go well that guy doesn't know like it's shown or you're you're showing some sign of weakness and then it gets taken advantage of yeah. by the wrong people but it happens often enough to where if you question something or if you present yourself as not knowledgeable in a subject the person on the other side there's a there's a high chance if you're dealing with you know a professional or a celebrity or whatever that they will come back and go well <laughs> I know so much more than you so allow me to comfort you <laughs> and educate you small little baby brain person and it's so upsetting because you're like well look now from here going forward they're going to treat me like I don't know anything yeah which is not the case I asked this very specific question I've now been given an answer great move on and I think a lot of a lot of us, in especially in the pools of tools, when we're talking about sharing and we do these educational classes, and uh, people are having really constructive conversations within the comment sections, no one no one seems to really present themselves as like I know more than you, therefore I'm just better in all aspects of my life. But that is <laughs> something I have experienced a lot in the past. Maybe. More so outside of the maker community, but I remember working in the office and you go talk to the CEO or 
or one of the other C whatever letter, yeah. whatever letter. And you go, hey, uh, how does this analytics thing work over here? Because my job is to make that number bigger. But I don't really know how I'm supposed to do that. And I go, oh, this is why you're never going to get a raise or get a higher position because geez, you just don't know anything. <laughs> See, it's I, I think depressing I've... because you're like, I didn't ask you to belittle me. I asked you to educate me. <laughs> I think I've been quite lucky on. then, like in the fact that a lot of the time when I've asked this question, I, I've had the kind of the role and the odd looks from the people at my level that are like, oh God, I can't believe you're asking that. <laughs> but the person that I'm asking the question to, generally they appreciate having the question being asked asked because it gives them the opportunity. I've, I have occasionally had people that have been like, oh, well, obviously you're an idiot, so I'm going to be condescending. And with them, generally, I, it's it's so much fun to start asking them more and more questions and get to the point where actually they can't answer the questions because it, it's one of those things where and we've, we've said it before, like unless <laughs> you can explain it so that a five-year-old can understand it, you don't understand the thing that you're talking about. Um, and like one of the, the other things that you, you kind of touched on was um, like it being asking those dumb questions being a sign of weakness. And I, I completely get that. Like I used to feel very similar, but nowadays I'm much more of the attitude of, I am not here to impress you. I don't give a shit. If you think I'm an idiot, I need, I just want to know this answer. I want to make sure that I'm doing it right. And yeah, it, it might be a case of wording the answer by saying, okay, well, so if, if you're saying X, does that mean that X and Y are mutually exclusive or, you know, like wording it, so that it, it's more of a if x then y um but sometimes just saying like flat out i i'm sorry i have no idea what you've just said i don't understand what you've just said and yeah you might get a few people that go oh but you know what if you're the kind of person that's going to look at me and go oh for asking a simple question you can go fuck yourself like perceptions of things yeah that's where the interesting comes from Exactly. If everybody, like, to, to Brett's point, if everybody in the room knows what's going on, and we're all just agreeing with each other, <laughs> yeah, 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 like yeah. then you're never going to get you're never going to get anything new. You're never going right. to get a new perspective on things. You're never going to go, oh fuck, never thought about it that way. Yeah. Like I'm watching a lot of um, the the Kurtz Gazakt, um videos. Yeah. And they, I love them, but they, they all just kind of assume things. And they talk in a very matter-of-fact way about yeah. um, how the universe started because we've got this X evidence and what's going to happen to the universe and the heat of death of the universe and, and how matter works and, and quantum physics and stuff. And it's like, yeah, that's what we know now. Yeah. But in 50 years' time, we might look back at that and fucking laugh and go, <laughs> those guys were fucking idiots. Like, that isn't how it works at all. And just having that open mind and having that kind of naivety and and mm. and not expecting things and things being able to just completely change and go, holy fuck. Maybe there was a yeah. completely different way of looking at things. Yeah. I'm actually like um try normally when I enter a new project of the customer, um, I'm typically supposedly the guy that um is brought in to 
let's say no things right and i intentionally, <laughs> I intentionally um use qu asking questions um so to say as a tool to faster yeah. understand the project or understand the problems at hand and i think that's very good because first off it gives the other side the opportunity to feel great about explaining things hmm. um, i get faster to the information um and on the other hand i do think there's a way to come up with a follow-up and a follow-up and a follow-up question um, that makes you not look that stupid, right? Yeah. So if you have a clue about the topic, then it might be that you ask a stupid question first that's leading into the follow-up question that makes you look quite smart. <laughs> It's similar to yeah, the yeah. compliment sandwich where you, you compliment somebody, then throw in maybe constructive criticism and then sandwich it at the end, but you're doing it to yourself. You're like, I am so dumb. <laughs> In actuality, I am very smart. You're welcome. Um, yeah, I, I actually like to, when, when I start working um, with people uh, that are new to the field or are, are not on the project yet completely onboarded, I do like to ask the questions myself, right? That can also be quite helpful. So, um, so to say, hey, um, do you know why I, why I'm doing this or um, actually maybe it might be a better way to do it this way. What do you think about it? And then ask them questions. So they, they don't feel like it's a dumb thing to ask further questions. Right. Yeah. So you, you disarm this, Hey, if you ask something, you seem like you don't know, which might be the case. And that's just not wrong. That's yeah. a good thing to, to question them, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I mean, we, I, uh, I, I really like that, and I've, I've always kind of, um, I've always volunteered to be the first person to ask a stupid question because, like you say, as soon as one person asks a question, it opens the floor up to everyone else being able to, um, to ask questions, and to, to put this in, in a way that our listeners will understand. I'm going to bring it back to food, um, because we were talking about it earlier on, like if. Uh, If you're at a buffet or you're at a, a friend's house or whatever, and the food goes down on the table, there's always this kind of awkward moment where it's like, oh, help yourselves. And everyone just kind of stands around going, oh, well, I, I can't be the first person to, to take a, a bite. I'm always the first person. It's like, no, fuck that. I'm going to go in. I'm going to start because otherwise, we'll, yeah. Otherwise, everyone's just going to stand around waiting. And <laughs> it's the same with the dumb questions. Like, it's it is perfectly okay to ask, like, it, This this whole thing of um, that I mean we've talked about it a few times like the fact that that people feel that um, they have this uh, like this social responsibility to to understand and to just stand there and go yeah yeah I, I understood every everything that was just said and then <laughs> and then leave the room and go I I don't I don't know what 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 the fuck we're supposed to do like it it just baffles my mind. Like, unless you are 100% sure that you understand what that person has just said, ask a fucking question. Like I, I think it, it almost comes across to, to some people like, well, you're being rude because you're insinuating that this person hasn't explained it properly. Well, if they haven't explained it properly, then the fucking job, like it's, it's okay to, to question these things. And I think it's, it's something that happens far too, um, far too little people don't question stuff when they they should be um and yeah i, I the, the the thing that uh 
Kale said earlier on, like using questions as a tool, I think is a fucking brilliant quote. I've written it down in like three different places because <laughs> I want to remember that quote. It's it, it's a really good point. And it is, it, it 100% is a tool. Like our, our biggest um, benefit when we're making, when we're working, when we're doing anything is our ability to understand things and to think around problems and unless you understand the thing that you're working on you don't necessarily have all of the tools in your arsenal so asking those questions is a fantastic tool that should be the first tool in your arsenal is to ask a question make sure that you've got complete understanding whether that question is well i don't understand why a crosscut saw is different to a ripping saw so do I really need both? Like, unless you understand, because I don't fucking understand the difference. Like, so a ripping so, saw, the teeth are, are perpendicular to the direction of the cut, because you you're not you're not severing the fibers, you're going in between them. Whereas a, a crosscut saw, the teeth are angled, and it's like a knife. So it's like a, the difference between a chisel and a knife. See, that's the fucking Look beautiful way we're putting it. I've heard so many people explain it in so many different ways, and that's the first time that it's actually made proper sense. Um, like I know, obviously, ones for going across the grain and ones for going along it, and, and all that. Although that, even that, took me fucking years to understand. Um, but, but that's what I mean. Is unless you ask those questions, unless you put yourself out there, and it's it's like if you're making a project, if you don't ask questions, it's like never making a project you haven't made before. Because oh, I might I might do it wrong and I might fuck up. How many times have we said that failure is the key to success? Yeah. And asking questions is admitting that you don't mind failing, whether that failure is just failing to understand exactly what, the, what that person has just said or whether it's whatever else. There's even a, a term in, in uh, the, the world I'm coming from professionally, computer programming, um, that's called um, the rubber duck technique, which is quite <laughs> nice. Because, yes. Um, it, what that means is you just put a rubber duck uh, beside you on your desk and you start to explain your problem to that rubber duck. It won't answer, but normally um, explaining your problem can help quite a lot. And that's also something I really like to do, just be a rubber duck for somebody. Yeah. So if they come up with a problem and they're saying, like, thumbnail. can you solve this for me? Sorry? <laughs> There's your thumbnail. <laughs> so the, can, can you solve this for me? I typically try to not say, yes, I could. Yeah. I'm saying, well, tell me what your problem is, and I'll ask you questions, right? And then yeah. you typically can lead people to... An, an answer that they first um, develop themselves and second off, they will remember. Yeah. I mean, I think there's like, I, I really like that. And that was one of the things that I, um, I found really useful when I was working in, um, in it, like my job was basically, I was the go between, between for, for a lot of uh, my career, my, uh, a lot of what I was doing was either support or going between the actual end user and the development team, which meant that I was able to, or that part of my job was when the end user asked a question and they ask a, a question to me, I have to then relay the question onto the development team in a way that 
they understand so i can then translate their answer to the um uh, to the end user because if the end user went directly to development team then the devs don't understand exactly what the um end user is asking and the answer that they end up giving the end user is like well i don't really understand it but i can't just ask the same question over and over again <laughs> and i i was the one going no you, you can and actually dickhead dev person this is what they're asking not what you've just said they're asking for this reason this reason this reason and then referring that back to the 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 end user sort of thing in so i think not only is ask is asking questions a really important thing it's also understanding what you're asking and the to kind of bring it back into <coughs> excuse me to bring it back to what we were saying earlier on like the you you have to know the expectation that you have of the answer is that answer do you expect that answer to answer or to 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 solve this issue or do you expect it to give you a better an, uh, better understanding of the thing because that that expectation might be subverted but it might be subverted in a very good way or it might you might even go okay well that wasn't what i was expecting so i need to change what i'm asking to get the correct answer it's not always that it's on the it's not always the responsibility of the person being asked the question sometimes you need to make sure that you're asking the right question so i've i've I love asking questions in an environment where I'm learning. Yeah. And and it 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 it's my way of engaging. It's my way of like ingraining that experience in my head. So if yeah. I'm just sit if I'm just sat watching or um passive, yeah, I'm not really engaged. Yeah. Um and and so if if it's a new learning experience I need to be asking questions like, why have you done that? What goes next? Is that because of that? You know, it's just my way of, of kind of ticking things over in my head. But on the flip side, I hate asking questions when I'm doing the teaching because I can't help but feel like patronizing. I can't help but feel like I'm belittling people. But oh, do you know why that is there? Do you know why we're doing that? And yeah. it, it's because I... I have a tendency to assume that everybody knows what I'm thinking or assume yeah. that everybody has the same knowledge as me. So unless I'm dealing with like, this, not meant to sound patronizing, unless I'm dealing with like kids who I know probably don't know what I'm talking about and the whole point of why I'm talking to them is to teach them something. If I'm talking to my peers, I will assume that they know what I'm talking about and I will mm. assume that they have the same knowledge as me. And so I feel I'm really like paranoid about asking questions because I just feel like so patronizing when I do it. And I, I it's a problem of mine. It's a complex of mine, but I don't know how yeah. to, I don't know how to ask questions in a way that doesn't feel like you're condescending. If it, mm. if it makes you feel any better, I can guarantee none of us ha ever have a fucking clue what you're talking about. No, but I always assume everyone does. <laughs> yeah. Every, every I, situation I go into, I always assume everyone knows what movie yeah. I'm referencing. Everybody knows what, ingredient that is everybody knows what technique yeah. that is everybody you know it, it, and i i'm the complete opposite i i always end up over explaining myself because i i don't want to assume that people have that knowledge so i end up being patronizing and condescending because i'm like so this is fire fire <laughs> is hot <laughs> like i mean of all the things to be 
patronizing about it. <laughs> fire should be one of them, you know. Like, <laughs> yes, it might be black, but it's still 900 degrees. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I would rather you be patronizing at that point. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, sorry, Kiel, you had a, a thing you wanted to say. Yeah, I, I think there's, um, like, the, the, the flip side of um, the question asking um, is um, the, the explaining part can be something where you yourself learn way more from than only asking questions, right? That's yeah. the opposite of the engagement from asking questions. If you go into a new situation, I and and um, I, I ask a few questions. I'm always trying to reiterate it or yeah. explain it so it actually sticks in my head. Sometimes yeah. it feels a bit selfish, but um, mm. it, it was a great technique to get through through studies and and remember things that. Yeah complex yeah i mean also, I, like sorry just enough we need a um faq for all tools i, I just had that idea that would be great there should be <laughs> in, like why this is that way yeah. <laughs> that's, cool. that's a very good idea um but yeah no i i, I love the, the that point of the fact that actually being asked a question is is a great way to learn like i've i've said so many times that teaching blacksmithing was the fastest way for me to learn about blacksmithing because I was getting asked questions that I didn't know the answer to. And again, like I, I'm perhaps a, a little unusual in that I don't mind appearing to be the dumbass because I will quite happily say like, I actually don't know. I'm going to go find out. And, and the, the, I think one of the things that people uh, forget is the fact that if you don't know something, just because you don't know a specific thing doesn't mean that, you're any less or you should be any less respected for your your knowledge because you still have the the base knowledge that allows you to say i don't know that answer but i'm gonna go find out whereas someone that has zero knowledge doesn't even know where to start with that it's like the age-old thing of the only reason that i was any good in it was because i knew how to google i knew what i was googling for i knew what would come up i knew like well if it's on a stack overflow article i will have a look and i will read down through the first five answers because that top one isn't always going to be perfect and that fifth one might actually relate to exactly what i'm doing like being able to um to admit that you don't know is in subverting those expectations of being this teacher knows everything well actually the teacher doesn't know everything and it's good to be able to say i don't know i will go find out um and again, that comes back to this thing about not not wanting to ask questions because you don't want to appear like you don't know something. It's such a ridiculous thing. Like we're we are all here to learn things. Like that is part of the it's one of the very few fucking joys in life is the fact that we get to expand our knowledge. And you only do that by asking questions and admitting that you don't know stuff. I mean, like that, that's one of the best things about the, the way that we were running the schools for fools thing is the fact that it wasn't just watching a video with someone talking at you about a subject. You were able to ask questions whilst that conversation is ongoing. You were able to, to, to stop and say, I don't quite understand that bit. Can you explain it again? Mm-hmm. But sometimes that's, that's all it takes is just explaining the same thing in a slightly different way. And that, that triggers something in your head, makes you understand it, and makes you go, oh, shit, that's fucking spiffing. Uh, Al, what's the order? Uh, it's 
bask in the glory. Ooh, good. Uh, Brett, you are first then. All right, I hope my delay is a bit better. Uh, All right, so my spiff is going to be short and sweet. The boys on Amazon, if you do not have Amazon Prime, stop it. Go go pay for it or something or find find a way to watch that show illegally. I don't care. Um, I have to admit that the very first episode of that show, the first season, subverted my expectations. Like, I don't know that I've been that surprised by... Yeah. Uh, a show or a movie in a very long time where within the first couple of minutes, something absolutely horrifying <laughs> happens yep. and is unexpected, right? I was just told it was like a superhero show, but it was kind of yeah. dark. And then suddenly I watched the first episode and was like, okay, you have me completely hooked. <laughs> now we're on season two and I really love how they're building the characters. <laughs> like Homeland, no spoilers, but the Homelander guy is completely... I don't know. A lot of things are coming to light, and I feel like my expectations are just yeah. uh, changing constantly. So I love how well it's shot. I, I think the visual effects are really well done, in it, and I think the way that they're making, not in the Christopher Nolan way of like, everybody's got to have a dark, deep backstory, and they're all tortured yeah. souls. <laughs> it's more just like... There is there is something more tangible or more real about the characters without having to go, you know. Oh, when I was four, this thing happened and and destroyed yeah. me for the rest of my life. But I'm trying to be a good guy. I'm the anti-hero. Um, I really like the show. Yeah, and I know when- tons of people are watching it, and it's, it doesn't necessarily need a spiff. But <laughs> goddamn it, go watch that show. Yeah, when I was talking about uh, the film that i can't remember uh earlier on that subverted your expectations the film that you're still done that's Just it still done. uh when you were talking about that i was thinking actually yeah i had that with the boys and it was fucking brilliant um so yeah good shout uh if you haven't seen it go just go watch it just join amazon for a month it's it's worth it um yeah. it's it's another one of those examples that we talk about where there has been a, a status quo established by superhero movies or superhero shows. And even though there have been some uh, like the Netflix Marvel series and all of those things where I think they're doing a better job because they're more in bite size, you know, series rather than giant movies. I think they're just doing something so completely different and wild with their approach. Uh, it is nice to see a shift get put into when I went into yeah. Hancock with Will Smith, I yes, uh, I saw that yes. movie. <laughs> yes. I hadn't had any look at the trailers or anything. It just somebody told me, hey, there's a superhero movie with Will Smith. And we yeah. were just at the cinema and I just went in and I thought, oh, cool. Let's see how entertaining this can be. <laughs> it was freaking entertaining just because I thought it would be actually a superhero movie with yeah. Will Smith. But <laughs> he was yeah. a drunk idiot. <laughs> that's, that's a it's a fucking brilliant uh, example because I I was 100% with you there. I, I knew nothing about it when I first watched it. And because I didn't know anything about it, I really actually enjoyed it because my expectations were subverted. I think going into yeah. it, knowing what it was about, I wouldn't have enjoyed it. But yes, good shout. Uh, Al, you need to... So I'm not that. subverting any expectations. Or am I? Ooh. Um, 
the this channel is called Carl Rogers. Um and basically he's got a bit of everything. Um one of his videos was uh restoring a classic Land Rover series Land Rover, so obviously straight hey. away you're gonna start watching it. Um but it doesn't necessarily always do what he says in the title of the video. Yeah. So it was like restoring a Land Rover, and that's not what he did at all. He like <laughs> took it in, replaced the, the the clutch, and swapped the roof out uh, for yeah. a canvas roof. It's like that was that was not what I was expecting. I really enjoyed that. Um, <laughs> but he's also in the middle of um, restoring a French farmhouse. So he's been doing like um, all the fantastic oak beams, nice. uh, replacing the roof with like terracotta tiles and stuff. Um, and kind of, there's just a whole mixed bag of videos. It's really interesting. Um, I was watching it for his uh, like mortis and tenons and, and seeing how yeah. he makes old big gates and stuff. But it's all kind of traditional stuff. Um, you know, you won't see a, a table saw <laughs> uh, in it, but he's, um, you know, there's a bit of metal work in there. Um, but it's, it's very down to earth and it's very just calm and kind of easy watching. So, Carl Rogers, all one word. Nice. Spelled as you would expect. With a K. With a um, C. <laughs> uh, no, nice. I will, uh, I, I might have to check that out. That sounds good. Um, yes, that's me. I'm next. Uh, I am going to completely satisfy expectations by doing a respiff. Um, I am going to give a shout out to everyone's favorite moron. Um, Andy Berkey, uh, because if anybody is like telling people to question things, telling people to look at things from a different point of view and to subvert expectations, it's Andy because you just need to look at his uh, his daily feed of like the the way that he looks at the world is fucking beautiful and it gives me hope for humanity and people. He is a fucking wonderful human. And he subverts my expectations because I expect everyone to be a dick. And Andy is not a dick. He is just fucking lovely. Uh, although if I ever see him, I will definitely call him a dick to his face. Um, so, yeah, uh, you all know Andy. Go go check him out. Follow him. Uh, give him some love. Give him some abuse. Whatever. Um, Kiel, you are next. Who would you like yes. to speak, my friend? Um, I, I would actually like to spush, uh, spiff da Daniel Übleis, um, the guy that um, yeah blew my blew my expectations away. Um, I, I think he recently joined the maker community, um, and he got into building things, and he found Laura, and so to say, we also connected through her channel because he was very um, into her visuals and her videography and her great videos. And um, from there, I think he saw a comment from mine, and then I was, um, I don't know how we really started off, but we all of a sudden said, well, yes, let's just jump on a Hangout. I, I posted him a link, and we just started talking. And he's got his own little studio. He just um, create, um, founded his own one. Um, and the studio is also his Instagram, multi-awesome studio, it's called. Yeah. And um, yeah, he, he said, "Hey, let's let's set up a place to meet um, as the Discord." Um, and I was like, "That's exactly what I what I did already." And then we figured out 
the name he suggested is better. <laughs> and also, <laughs> he provided a brilliant logo. He's, uh, he's a great graphic designer, and he made a whole set of things for it. And now he even did some uh, great shots of Makery with the logo in it and yeah. the Discord, and they just look beautiful. It's like stock images in better yeah. quality for the, the Maker's Magnet, the Discord yeah. server we want to have people connect on. We, we were talking about them uh, in the little interim break that we had. And um, yeah, the, those, uh, the images with the Maker's Magnet logo and the Discord logo and everything, I, I genuinely thought that they were stock images that you'd found. They've fucking beautifully right? done really, really good. I was like, how the fuck did you get the logo in there? Like, And in my head, I was like, this must be Photoshop. But they, they're just fucking brilliant. <laughs> Exactly really what I thought, yeah. Yeah. And also, just as a an extra little thing, I love the fact that on his Instagram, the first post is a rubber duck. Yeah. So <laughs> brings it all right back. Um yeah, no, I I uh, I must admit I I knew Daniel as in I knew who he was on the uh Discord channel, but I did not realise that that was uh, him on there as well. So I've just followed him back and yeah, he's got some beautiful images on there. Like some of the stuff that he's been creating, it's it's really really cool. So yeah, he's yeah. really good at what he does. He just recently yeah. made an um, animation of a skull um, that falls apart out of um, I think uh, oh, like yeah. ball bearing uh, ball bearing spheres. They yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. No, he knows his, his shit. He really does. Like I um. Yeah, I'm very impressed with some of the stuff that's on there. Uh, so yeah, good shout. So everyone, go. He's quite a new account, so go give him some love and uh, thank him for creating the uh, the Maker's Magnet, which is again that that Discord channel is such a useful uh, resource. So thank you, my friend, for doing that. Um, is there any other business from anyone? No, no, nope, no, no. Cool. Uh, I will just quickly say, uh, as we mentioned earlier, I was on the uh, Full Blast podcast, um, Jeff's podcast. Don't go listen to mine. Go listen to all of the other ones that are on there. If you haven't listened to um, the Full Blast podcast, he's done some brilliant interviews and some really, really good uh, conversational pieces um, with some incredible people. And he's Jeff is really, really good at asking the right questions and getting some really interesting answers. Um, my episode was a little bit less of an interview and a bit more of me and him just fucking about for a couple <laughs> of hours. So it was great fun. Um, but yeah, I would definitely say go check him out because he asks fucking brilliant questions and it's a really entertaining listen. And he's got Mr. Chris Cash on next week. And yeah, which is going to be good. Uh, and Brett is going to be on very soon. Nice, I think. Uh, Al, you stuck your hand up. Uh, yeah. So concrete is like like two thirds, three quarters sand, right? Depending on your mix. Uh, well, concrete's more aggregate, isn't it? Where cement, cement. You got sand yeah. in there. Yeah. And glass is made of sand. Yeah. So skyscrapers are just sand castles. Ooh, that's fucking yes. brilliant. That's yes, I like that. That's good. 
speaking of which, uh, I, 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 I watched, no, I listened to the audiobook uh, Artemis, which is by Andy Weir, the guy that wrote The Martian. Not to be really? confused with Artemis Fowl, which is terrible. Yes, exactly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I really enjoyed it. Uh, so go check that out as well. Um, there was a lot of talk about welding, but it was all done with uh, oxyacetylene torches, which I found a bit weird. But I guess they're in a vacuum, so yeah. Uh, right, I think that's it. That's it, isn't it? Uh, if you, ah, uh, in fact, Kiel, you're you're the guest, so you're going to go first. Where can everyone find you on social medias? It's Kieski, K J E L L S K I, and the S K I is just part of me playing cards with Russians too much. <laughs> but it's Kiel is my first name, and Kielski is my nick everywhere, pretty much. And yep, cool. So yeah, go check Kiel out everywhere. I will put the links in the show. Um, also, go check out the Makers Magnet Discord. Check out the Fools of Tools Discord as well. Um, you can be a member of both; they're not mutually exclusive. Um, <laughs> there is a lot of cross pollination. We encourage two. that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, if you want to find the rest of us, you can find us on all of the usual social medias. You can find me at Moonshine Metalworks, but also on YouTube, you can find us on the Forge UK, uh, where we do the Forge videos. I've only just realized that I always talk about Moonshine and not the actual decent videos that I produce. <laughs> the thing where you actually make content. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, go check us out uh, at the Forge UK on YouTube. Um you can find Brett at Skull and Spade 13, and you can find Al at Al's Hack Shack. Al's Hack Shack! check off. If you want to find us as a group, uh, Fools with Tools, pretty much everywhere, or FWT Podcast. Um, that's it. Uh, Kiel, again, thank you so much, Martin. It's no, been... thank you, guys. It was, a, it was a pleasure and an honor, to be honest. Oh, you're too kind. Uh, no, honestly, man, we've we've. I can't believe we haven't had you on here before. Um, you are an absolute pillar of the community, and we love you. Um, and as for you people listening, we kind of love you as well, I guess. Uh, not as much as Kiel, but yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we love you. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.